0: scraping back um, at One Heart Church and to see all of your faces and, and to recognize a lot of faces and uh, and to to continue where I left off last time. Uh, you know, one similarity I, I've got uh, with Pauline and Rob is is that one of our mentors in ministry was Danny Guglamucci. I don't know if that mean, name means anything to you. I think he's been here a number of times in that. But but one of the characteristics of Danny Gudlamucci is that, is that he, would, he would say that God woke him up in the middle of the night and, and gave him eight points. And all eight points begin with the letter P. And then he'd give a sermon. Then he'd, he'd do another message saying God woke me up and, and he gave me six words all beginning with the letter V. And, and, and we'd just sit there flabbergasted thinking, how does, how does he do it? Like, how does that happen? That why should God give rhyming words? Like, what is it about Danny Guglielmucci? And then I kind of realized that, that maybe, maybe it was either an interpretation of an impression that God had placed within him. Or it was, or it was he's a very unusual man of God. But God, even, even I've tried to make it up, that, that God's woken me up with five T words. But, but I've made that up, you know, because God's never done it. I thought, how can he, how can he hear so specifically from God? But, but, but I rarely hear from God. But, you know, it's, it's, it's the same difficulty that, that Elijah was having in 1 Kings, I think, chapter 17 or 18. That God said, hey, come up to the mountain. And I'm going to speak to you. And then on the mountain came this huge wind at the, that smashed the rocks in pieces. And the Bible says God wasn't in on it. And then there came a, um, a, a, an earthquake, a huge earthquake that shook the heavens and the earth. And then God said, I'm not in on that. And then came this this fire that just burnt every all the shrubbery, shrubbery to, to a crisp, and, and God said, "I'm not in that." And finally, there came what some versions of the Bible says a still small voice, and it's quite interesting, right? Because God said, I, "I'm in on that," right? But it was the word "still" means silent. It was a small means barely, barely coherent, and the voice means a sound. So what he heard was, was, was a, a bare whisper of a sound, but God was in on that. And then God spoke two things. He said, what are you doing up here? And he said, hey, get back to where you've come from. But it was that still small sound, that, that deathly silent sound that I want to speak about tonight because I've got a feeling that we've been hearing from God, that you've been hearing from God, but you've just dismissed it because you've thought it doesn't rhyme. It hasn't got five B words to it. And you thought, oh gosh, it's, it's not this mighty earthquake that happens to the Benny of this world, that happens to, to the great men and women of God of this world. But when God speaks, he usually speaks, not with thunder and lightning, but usually speaks in a still small sound that I think that you've been hearing from God, but you haven't been recognizing you've been hearing from God. In heaven, there's unclaimed property in heaven. There's boxes that were destined for 96. There's boxes that were destined for 2013. There's boxes destined for 2022. It's got people's names on it. It's got the date that they were meant to be sent. But nobody claimed them because nobody reached out in faith. Because nobody stepped out in faith. When you move from faith to stepping out of faith, God moves his boxes from the fourth dimension to the third dimension. Miracles don't just happen. We claw them out of heaven by faith. We lasso them. The God responds to faith. Faith is the currency of heaven. If you're in Germany, you'd be using euros. If you're in America, using dollars. But with heaven, it uses faith. But God waits for faith to become a step of faith. He waits for faith to prove itself. The moment it proves itself, God moves from the fourth dimension to the third dimension. God moves from his presence to his provision. And sometimes we think, oh, whatever will be, will be. But it's not true for the woman who was bleeding for 12 years, pushed to the crown. It's not true. Jesus turned around and said, there's been 100 people touching me, but who touched me? Because faith was the currency of heaven. Because she had faith. She drew the boxes of power from Jesus into her heart, and she was healed. God's waiting for you to move from faith to proof of faith, from faith to faith to step of faith so that God can move from the highest dimension to the dimension of success to move from his invisible presence to his visible provision but I'm going to take it one step back where does faith comes from the Bible says in Romans chapter 10 verse 13 that faith comes by hearing from God that a lot of you have heard from God but you haven't recognized that you've heard from God. That there's words from heaven. There's the conception of heaven. There's faith within you. That once you recognise you've got faith, all that's required is for you to make one single step of faith, for miracles and the boxes of provision and healing and ministry and success and victory to come out from heaven, and to come come into your heart. I I do preaching. Let's call them master classes. They're just classes, right? But we we ran a training school that went for twenty eight years, right? And I used to do, you know, preaching master classes, preaching classes. And this guy, everyone had a turn of doing about seven minutes, right? And this guy got up and uh, and he said, "Hey, I was I was walking in the park, having a quiet time the other day," and I said to God, "Then he said, but God said back to me," and then he said, "But I said to God, then." He said, but God said back to me, and then he said, well, I'm, then I said this, then God said that, and then I said this, and God said that, so this is what God's saying. And then he, then he finished his seven minutes, he, he got down, and then I had, to, I had to say to him in a cheeky way, I said, did God really say all of that? Because if he did, I've never had a conversation like that with God. You are, you are either either like Danny Goodlamucci, or you've made it up. I said, did that actually happen? He said, he said not really, right. which is the answer I wanted. What he was doing was interpreting something that was happening in the park. He was interpreting it, and then he was putting language on it that, was, that was tied to truth that was being transferred from heaven to earth. But what, what he felt, what he heard wasn't an audible voice. Very few people hear audible voices. What he, what he heard and what he felt, how I describe it, is when God speaks to me, it's like the changing cabin pressure as an airplane takes off. I think, what is that? It's, it's usually attached to a, to, to a whisper truth. It's attached to an eternal truth, attached to something that I've been meditating on, but it doesn't come with 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 a thunderstorm. It usually comes with with just the flicker of a neon light. Usually, it just it's a momentary sense of peace. In the middle of reading the word, it's it's looking at the sea, and and just and just feeling a, the brush. The brush of angels' wings, the brush of the wind, the brush of something. It's it's unusual, but it's usual. And it seems to me the art of hearing from God is is to recognize. You know, if you're a submarine, you'd know you'd hit the ground because, because you'd feel it rubbing on the underside of the submarine. And that's how it feels sometimes when you hear from God. It just feels like the gentle rubbing of something. It's not as explosive as you'd like to think. And you know, a lot of you have had that. A lot of you have had the gentle whisper, and you thought that can't be God. Some of you have had that change in cabin pressure, and you think, well, I don't know what to do with that, because most people hear audibly from God. Can I say this room is filled, your heart is filled with hearing from God? But we so easily dismiss it because we think, well, what does it really matter? That can't be the way God speaks. But can I say, that is the way God speaks. That's the Big Mac and Fries of the way God speaks. Sometimes the Mexican burgers come and they go, but Big Mac and Fries is the way God speaks. It's accompanied by a piece, but it's a momentary piece. You've got to get your notebook out and you have to associate God does speak to you. But sometimes the enemy gets involved and we think, oh, it simply can't be. And so then we fail to recognize we've got a check of faith within our heart. And then we fail to step out in faith. And then God fails to deliver what was due to us in December 2022. Because, because we were confused. Because we thought that we we, we weren't in the realm of the big win, But God is in the realm of just. Bringing some peace, bringing a moment of clarity, bringing just just the spark of the spark of, of of just a small spark in the middle of a deader night. That's how God speaks. I don't know if you know Malcolm Gladwell, but he wrote a book uh, called um, uh, called Blink, and uh, and the the catchphrase was uh, the power of thinking without thinking he said in in the moment in a blink moment he said you can perceive more than somebody who's who's done a degree a master's degree and a thesis you can know more about a subject than somebody who studied it for years it's just the a blink moment you know we've got the expression blink and you miss it he's saying blink and you've got it and some of you some of you have been you've had some blink moments he he cites the example of of a a fire in a house in Cleveland in Ohio and uh and so a a lieutenant or lieutenant arrives with his crew and and it was a one-story house they start to spray it down and that and then they burst into the kitchen because the fire is in the kitchen and they're all in there trying to douse out the fire. And, and within a moment, a, a blink happened to him. He said, everybody out of the house. Within seven seconds, everybody obeyed command. They come out of the house. And the moment the last person stepped over the threshold of the front door of the house, the entire floor of the house collapsed. It's because the fire was in the basement. The, the fire wasn't in the kitchen. It was in the basement. How did he know that he knew it through the power of a blink through a blink moment through the moment it takes to blink he knew it and and when it comes to us hearing from god if it's a directional word from god you want to take it to a couple of godly people and ask them what they think but don't take it to everybody if you take it to everybody you'll you'll do what the book calls you'll have analysis paralysis You'll overthink, you'll overanalyze something that was that was as light as a feather falling. As light as a post-it note flickering down from heaven. You can put it through too much of a stress test that you ruin the beauty of the word that God initially gave to you. I... I Remember a couple of—I'll give a few examples—that that I walked past a building that was a three-story building in Sheffield in the heart of England, and it was fifty-five thousand square feet. It was—it was a monster of a building, and I just—I just felt the cabin pressure change. I thought this is our next building. And the owner was one of the directors of Sheffield United football team. And, uh, and he, was, he was renting it for one and a half million pounds, $3 million over 10 years. And I said, I said, oh, we'd love to have the building. He said, why don't you just think about having just one floor because it's an expensive building. And then my, I thought, okay, maybe one floor. I, I started to imagine one floor. And our receptionist, she said, Dave, I had a little dream. And it was a dream about, about uh, Ruth. Uh, who was gleaning from the field of Boaz, that in order to become Ruth's wife, she slept, she crept into his bedroom. I thought I'm not going to do that to the owner from Sheffield United. And she slept at his feet, right? And there was just a sense of peace. Dave, don't go for one floor, go for all three floors. So I went back to him. And also there was a flicker in terms of it was tied to an amount. So I went back to him. And remember, it's been leased for one and a half million pounds over 10 years. I said, I'd like to buy the whole thing for 200,000 pounds. Well, there was a bit of to-ing and froing, right? But eventually, we bought the entire thing. He rang me up. He said, I hate you. He said, but you can have it. For 200,000 plus GST, you can have it for 250,000 pounds. Well, I said, thank you very much. And eventually we filled it with an indoor play center. We filled it with a nursery. We filled it with a 700-seater auditorium. We filled it with the training center. We filled it with stuff for uh, Jen's ministry. The whole place was filled by the time we left. But it didn't start with a bushfire. Started with the flecker, I remember with with uh, and and I'll get Jen up in a few minutes. But with the with the with the ministry we had for people for human trafficking, that we had this um. We had this uh, fashion show, at uh, in the Sheffield City Hall, right. So it's a big fashion show, a thousand people there, and it was a bit of a mess, right. But it still was okay, right. And when the fashion show finished, I thought, hey, and it was called the annual fashion show, right. And then Jen caught me about a month later with some, with some of the girls who were, who were heading up in, in my office. She said, what are you doing, Dave? I said, I'm planning the second annual fashion show of your ministry. She said, we're not having one. I said, well, well we've got to have one because you've called it annual. And you've got to do three to then cancel a year. You can't just do one and then cancel it. That's not annual, right? And so I, I steamrolled her. And then about three months later, she, I, I got the girls together again. She said, what are you doing? I said, I said, putting together the fashion show. She said, we're not doing it. And every man knows that when, when your wife is serious, deadly serious, there's going to be consequences. So I said, hey, girls, we're not doing it. Right? When the fashion show, the date for the fashion show had come up, right, two of the girls, that's the director and the assistant director, had like, one-week-year-old, one-month-year-old babies. They were out for the count. At the time when Jen said we're not doing it, both women, the director and the assistant director, were pregnant. They didn't even know about it. It's, it's, it wasn't word of knowledge. It was, it was prophecy mixed with, mixed with word of wisdom. I sat down a couple. My PA m- married my media director, and I, and I said, I want to send you somewhere. They said, Well, where, where? I said, Where do you think I'm going to send you? They said, Well, maybe, maybe to Scandinavia, maybe to France or whatever. I said, No, I'm going to send you to Kuala Lumpur, <laughs> to Malaysia, which no one in the United Kingdom's ever heard of Kuala Lumpur. And uh, and and, but then when the conversation finished, he said, Dave, you don't know this. He said, my grandparents pioneered church planting in Malaysia and planted a church on the outskirts of Kuala Lumpur. 50 years ago. Well, how does that happen? It doesn't happen because I'm mighty, it happens because I'm listening to the change in cabin pressure, because I'm watching, I'm watching the feather fall, because I'm watching the neon light just begin, just begin to flicker. A lot of these things are, are what I call the Holy Spirit being a tradie. And there are nine gifts of the Holy Spirit which which you've been operating in. You just haven't realized it's been the gifts of the Spirit. For some, it's the gift of knowledge. For some, prophecy. For some, miracles. For some, it's 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 the gift of faith. For some, it's the gift of discernment of the Spirit. But there's nine of them. And the thing about the Holy Spirit being a tradie, is that all nine gifts are within you right now. Because when you got saved and filled with the Spirit, the entire Spirit came inside you. Not the Spirit with one arm and one leg, but the entire Spirit came within you. That's why the Bible says in, in 1 Corinthians 9, I think, about the gifts of the Spirit, it changes its wording. It says, oh, hang on a sec, let me correct myself. The manifestations of the Spirit. Well, what is what's the difference between a gift? A gift is something you receive externally and you say thank you very much. A manifestation is something that's internal rising up within you. And that's what's happening in a number of your lives. You've been operating in the equipping of the gifts of the Spirit. Now let me keep going. The, the Holy Spirit is, is like a tradee, but also the Holy Spirit's like a postie. He's gonna give you little bits of the Bible, because we're not good enough for the whole of the Bible. It's too confusing. It contradicts itself if you try and read the whole lot at once, right? So he takes little slithers, puts them in a letter, and puts the letter through the letterbox of your heart. When you open a love letter from Jesus, which you might have done this morning in your quiet times, whenever you open it, a check always falls out, because whenever God tells you about his love, he gives you a promise. Some of you just need to grab a hold some of those checks. Some of you think, well, I had faith last year, but not this year. No, no, it's in the back of the couch. It's, it's, it's up there getting dust in the bookshelf. Just gather it, put it in your back pocket. I remember a story by Spurgeon, right? And and this this is slightly paraphrased. It's slightly legendary, so it's it, I, I don't know the exact truth of it, right? But he had a cleaner that worked in his, uh, and she was getting incredibly old. He went to visit her, and the, all the curtains were moth-eaten, and uh, and he noticed on the wall something that was, that staggered him, and he said, "Where did you get this from?" She said, "She said that that during the war, a soldier we put a soldier up for a while. He went back into the French army, and he gave us this as a memorandum, and and." I guess because the site was going. Oh, she spoke a different language. Uh, she just framed it right. And he said, "Do you know what this is?" She said, "No." She, he said, "It's a check." She's there dying in her bed, unable to afford any medical assistance. He says that that makes you that that's a that's a check that makes you rich. But she never knew about it. She framed it. She never cashed it in. She could have lived for another 20 years if she'd cashed it in. Sometimes we've got checks that we've just framed. We thought, gosh, that's great we've heard from God, but checks weren't meant to be framed. They were meant to, outside the door of your heart is is a day woo of prayer. It's never a Rolls Royce of prayer. Nobody's that good at praying. It's never a Mercedes. They're making it up. Most intercessors are making it up their intercessors. They're just prayers that have a bit more time than you. But there's a a day of prayer outside. There's a Datsun 120 Y outside the door of your heart. And the purpose of prayer is to take the check of faith to the bank of grace. And when you get to the bank of grace, the teller is the Holy Spirit. He doesn't say, how far did you come? How much did you pray? He said, welcome to the treasuries of heaven. Some of you are fixated on prayer. that You don't pray enough. No, no. Prayer is a method of transport. That's all it is. It's not meant to be glorified. There's no gold on it. It's just a rusted out bucket that gets you to the bank of grace. The Holy Spirit says, I'll have the check. Then he opens up the treasury of heaven. And some of you in this room, there's, there's, there's checks. It's just a little bit of prayer. Pop in the Datsun. Drive to the bank and add to your check of faith. Add a step of faith. And then God will move from the fourth dimension to the third dimension. So I'm going to finish in a few minutes, right? So he's he's an equipper. He got, the Holy Spirit's a tradie. And secondly, the Holy Spirit's a postman. Thirdly, really quickly, the Holy Spirit's a construction worker. That the Bible says, be transformed by a renewing of your mind. Inside every person's mind are fields of dreams, floods of emotion, trains of thought, and cities of habit. And the skyline of your mind will determine the skyline of your future. And God wants to pull down cities in the old part of your mind and build up cities in the new part of your mind. Who's doing the constructing? The Holy Spirit's doing the constructing. And can I say that that God spends a lot of time on preparation before he does on activation. And in this house right now, don't limit the Holy Spirit just to the healing of miracles. So the Holy Spirit is, is a construction worker and he's changing you and transforming you. Never say, I'm going to find myself. Never, never say, I'm just going to be myself. Because you're not the person who you think you are. You're being transformed from glory to glory. You're changing every day. What you want to do is say, God, I'm here to redefine myself according to my desires and according to the things that I want from the power of the Holy Spirit. The first four days of creation, God did very little. All he did was divide uh, sky from sea. That'll do for day one. Day two, divide sea from land. That'll do. Uh, Divide night from day. That'll do. Create the seasons. That'll do. Four days of defining, and then two days of demonstrating. Created animal life, created sea life, created human life. What we've done is we've, we've, we've taken the power of God and think the whole thing's the power of God. It's not four days is the pencil of God. It's two days with the power of God. And God spends more time redefining you from victim to victor, from loser to winner, than you could ever realize. The words of your mouth are defining. They're the pencil of God. That's why confession is so powerful when it comes to everything that God does. You've got to get the pencil of God out. The Holy Spirit wants to draw a new blueprint of who you are. Don't try and find yourself. You'll find someone frozen in history instead of finding the next you. And I said, last time I came, the next you is the next big thing. How about the keyboard player come back and I'll do the very last one. And I don't think the Holy Spirit's anything else. The Holy Spirit's an equipper. He's a tradie. The Holy Spirit's a postman. He's a postie. The Holy Spirit's a construction worker. And lastly, the Holy Spirit's a petrol attendant. Now before I say anything more about petrol attendant... The problem we've got is that we think the Holy Spirit's untouchable. No, no, He's he's here to serve us. He's your advocate. He's the one to help you out in every stage of the journey. He's he's not distant from you. He's right beside you. He's, He's in work clothes. The Holy Spirit's not wearing a suit. The Holy Spirit's in overalls. So that He can approach you and be approachable to you. And what was available to Reinhard Bonnke is available to each one of you. That God speaks to you regularly. My last point, and and I'm going to spin off this and then hand it over to Jen, is that that God's a petrol attendant. In John chapter 7, Jesus said, hey, rivers of living water will flow from me to my speak. He's prophesying the Holy Spirit. In Acts uh, chapter 1, verse number 4 and 8, talks about the Holy Spirit, the power of the Holy Spirit coming upon you. In Ephesians chapter 4, I think it says, don't be drunk with wine. Be filled with the Holy Spirit. Some of us tonight are are less than half. Some of you tonight are driving just on empty, thinking I've got a few miles left you have but it's dangerous because a lot of Christians we noticed over COVID were abandoned abandoned their vehicle on the side of dusty freeways because they ran out of oil they ran out of petrol, they weren't ready in the day of trial, the day of tribulation and your destiny requires you to climb some hills requires you to to, to, to drive across some deserts requires you to 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 go for long distances and there's a there's a petrol stop and it's here today. You drive up, drive in because you're on empty. You wind down the window. He also pushes petrol. You wind down the window. He says, "What do you want?" This is the right response. Fill her up, mate. <laughs> he says, "Well, pop it." Say, pop Grabs the pump. Unlead it. Puts it in there. And he starts to fill. And you know it might not feel different, but it is different. Your car might not feel like any different, but it is different. It's here to fill you up. There's people in this room tonight who need to be filled and refilled. The first time you get filled, God gives you the gift of speaking in tongues. If you haven't spoken in tongues, the potential is here tonight for you to do so. It's here. It's not difficult. You don't need to make it up. It's just that God fills you up, put your foot on the accelerator. The first thing that comes out is shaka, ba, sa, ka, ta, ka, ka, ka. is the initial evidence you've been to the petrol station of oh, the Holy Spirit. Just lift your hands right now. Holy Spirit. Show them where the checks are. Show them where the checks are. The words that God's spoken over years and years. The word that God has spoken to you over time. the Promises I'm going to declare are still yes and amen. That promise for healing is still yes and amen. You're closer to the promise being fulfilled than you've ever been in the history of your life. Every promise has a clock. The clock's ticking down to 12 midnight. that urge that unction that you've had it's called the gift of the spirit that word that you thought that you'd made up because it didn't start with P that was God that energy that inspiration that building you went past that your heart flickered like the flickering of a candle you thought gosh that's not how people hear from God yes it is yes it is That's how people hear from God. It's just a flicker, but it's attached to. It's a flicker, but it's attached to. It's just attached to an eternal truth. Oh my God, He's not in the earthquake. He's not in the fire. He's not in the wind that breaks the rock. He's in the still, small sound. Holy Spirit, thank you that you're closer to us than could ever. We've been looking for someone in a smart suit. We've been looking for somebody with a crown. We've been looking for somebody with East St. Laurent all over them. But you are an overalls, Holy Spirit. And we thank you, Jesus, for sending the paracletos, for sending the advocate to us to help us in every step of the journey. And I pray, Holy Spirit, come. Come beside every person in this room. Be the lifter of their hands. Be the lifter of their hearts. Be the lifter. Father God, let them not panic as you change them from glory to glory. Father, let there be a submission in this house right now. Let there be a surrender in this house right now to the movements of the Spirit of God, the changes that are going on. We say goodbye anger management, hello patience. We say, we say goodbye disappointment and goodbye anxiety. We say hello peace. For God puts His perfect strength on every zone, fault line of weakness. That's what God's doing. He's changing you from glory to glory. But right now, He's filling you. Mm. He's filling you. He's filling you. Oh, gee, there's hunger in this room. I can feel it from the back to the front. He's filling you right now. He's filling you. He's all over you. He's all over you.